Welcome to the People Action Results Podcast with me, Jeremy Campbell from the Black Isle Group. In episode number three, I interview Andy Ramage. Andy is a former professional athlete. He's the CEO of the Arate Group. He's a co-founder of the Dry App and has also written two books. He has a unique background and education and experience that make Andy one of the world's leading behavioural change experts and performance coaches. We discuss the powerful importance of accountability. We talk about how the consistency of our actions delivers results. And having a growth mindset as opposed to having a fixed mindset can make a dramatic change in the workplace. And lastly, we talk about Andy's passion, which is by taking a break from alcohol can have a profound impact on your life. I really hope you enjoy episode number three of the People Action Results podcast with me, Jeremy Campbell from the Black Isle Group. Andy Ramage, thank you so much for being on the People Action Results podcast. Delighted to be here with you today. Yeah, and to catch up again, which is nice. So I know you're an incredibly busy man. Um, I was looking at your um, profile, actually, um, because, I, you know, in, in podcasts, you introduce people and it's like, well, where do I start to try to introduce you? You're an author of two books. You're a founder of a new app, which we'll talk about called Dry, which is launching very soon, isn't it? In a couple of days. Yeah. You're a broker. You're an athlete. You're a trainer of uh, non-alcoholic uh, drinking coaches. I mean, what what else is there that you don't do, Mr. Ramage? <laughs> I was gonna, I was going to say dance, but actually I put that to bed on Saturday night because I was a, a little strictly come Lancashire dancing, doing a bit of rumba that was salsa. But anyway, that's a story for another time. So yeah, most things too much at the moment. So yeah, that's a story for another day as well. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are, writing two books all of the things that, that you're doing now with your, your launch of your dry app. Yeah, the real whistle stop is I, I left school at 16 to become a professional footballer. And at 21, my career was ended, Twenty, actually 20, uh, for injury, really simple injury, but it meant the end of that career. I absolutely loved it. I wasn't particularly good, probably just about good enough to scrape together somewhat of a professional uh, career. And then I ended up, after travelling the world, in Broking. My brother was a really big trader and he got his little ginger brother a job, as you do. Well, they basically had to give me a job because if your brother's a really big trader and brokerages, they just have to give you jobs. That's how it works. Um, and actually, I found that uh, industry, I loved it. It was the closest thing I'd ever found to professional sport. All my background in sport, that resilience, that toughness, mental ability to bounce back just served me so well in that environment because broken is that sort of environment. It's that constant win, lose, battle, you know, high reward, you know, massive lows. You're on top of the world the next and then it's all over two minutes later. And I excelled in that environment. I uh, really quickly built quite a big business in that space. And fast forward 10 years sort of after I came into that in, in my sort of mid to late 20s, I sort of reached that tr traditional place of success, I guess, somewhat. Had my own brokerage, was, was successful, and but was really unhappy and unfulfilled and overweight and unfit and unhealthy and all those traps that litter the I guess the business world uh, and but I was lucky enough to have a bit of reflective time in that space I ended up out gardening leave because I went to set up a new uh, franchise brokerage fr franchise had nine months out in that space decided I didn't want to be a broker anymore <laughs> 
which is a great revelation when you've just signed a big deal for five years that's going to keep you locked in to the very thing you've decided you don't want to do anymore. Um, so I just went on this beautiful journey of well-being and health and vibrancy and energy and somewhere in that mix I decided to take a break from alcohol wasn't a major problem but I was drinking too much like everyone else uh, but that was a revelation for me it was the last thing that I possibly questioned you know I was trying to meditate I was trying to eat salads and stuff trying to move and nothing was consistent because of this big inconsistency grenade that was a few drinks uh, but by removing that boom everything changed it was a, a dramatic transformation in my health in my energy in my career. But it was interesting because even at that point in my career, I was told if I didn't drink as a broker, what else do you do, right? <laughs> what other service do you offer other than entertaining us? So there was a lot of fear around that, that would my business implode? Would my wife run off with the postman that still had a drink or two? Um, but out the other side of that was just this in incredible experience of the business that I had at the time grew seven times bigger in half the time because I was on it all the bloody time, consistently banging the drum. That anxiety had disappeared. So my mental health was so much stronger that I had that ability to keep showing up, to keep closing the deals, plus got fit and healthy and did all those beautiful things at the same time. So that led me, well, I'm on a roll to just want to give back somehow. I had no idea where it was going to go. I started this movement called oneyouknowbeer.com, which has become quite a big thing and helped many hundreds of thousands of people over the world. It's just an alcohol-free challenge, a bit like a tough mother. In 2019, I stepped down from there, left that to another chap to run and started various new initiatives, what have included the Dry app with two Ys, which is about to be launched in about three days, which is super cool. Got into coaching, started training coaches because my big beef in the coach industry was that everyone that seems to train you to do, become a coach hasn't actually done the coaching themselves. So I was like, hold on, you've got to train me to do something you've never actually done. So only now that I've done it and I'm doing it, I'm like, do you know what? I think I'm well-placed to train people, especially in the executive space, to learn what I learned as a side hustle. Because really for eight of the last 10 years, I've been running brokerages. Yet, yet for eight of the last 10 years, I've been you know, nurturing these side hustles and learning and growing and writing books, going back to university twice, doing all this fab stuff. And here I am. That was the longest whistle stop I've probably ever given in my life. But I think that, I think that would get everyone up to speed. I have been busy. That is needless to say, you've done a lot of things. But then again, you know, the word that you keep using and you've used two or three times is consistency. And I guess the question really is, do you think you could have been as consistent to deliver the results that you've obviously got in your life by by not taking a, a break from from the booze? No, not well, a hundred percent all of the things that have been achieved would not have been possible had I been drinking, 100%. That's why I was stuck and I've plateaued in everything from fitness to health to my career because it was inconsistent. But once I removed alcohol and got consistent in moving my body, the nutrition, writing the books, all of it started to fall into place. It is an absolute su superpower. And I know that links in with everyday actions and we've spoke about this many times before. It's the small things done consistently you can achieve anything. I really believe that. And having sort of been through that process and lived it from writing a book, which I thought was impossible. How am I going to have the time to write a book and run in a brokerage? I'm, you know, at the head of this big movement. And it was there through consistent action of writing 150, 200 words a day. Add enough days together, you've got a book, right? But if you try and do that in that hit or miss approach, which most people do, and they go, I'm all in, I'm writing a book. And they'll write, you know, 
for six hours one Sunday afternoon and then that's it. It stays on their hard drive for the rest of their life. But consistently showing up, 200 words, 200 words, 200 words, add enough of those together, you have a book. It's the same with your body. Train enough times in a row, you have a really optimized, strong, fit, healthy business. It's the same with your career. Make enough of those phone calls consistently. As a broker, your percentage returns, suddenly you've got a big business. It's so simple, but it's bloody hard. Yeah. I think that's the point, isn't it? And as you know, the work that we do at Black Isle is the program is really simplistic. It's a very simple process of working in 10 weeks at a time. So you work in a 10-week sprint, you break the big goal down into everyday actions. We support people to take those actions. So it all sounds very simplistic. And every single time I speak to somebody about it, so Jeremy, that's really, really simple. It is, but it's still really hard to do. It is still really hard to do. Why? Because most people really struggle with the consistency of the actions. That 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 ultimately is the the challenge we all face, and we're all work in progress, right? So we're, we're all, none of us are perfect by any means, and and we we all struggle with the consistency. Even yourself, Mister Ramsey, I'm sure there is times where it is tough to be consistent. Um, and I know you hold yourself accountable by posting every day, for example, on Facebook. But that is an accountability to yourself to basically get out of bed and do it, isn't it? Yeah, and this is why accountability is so important, why coaching is so important. I know we're, we're quite biased because we live and breathe this stuff and, you know, we coach ourselves, but it makes a, a difference. That's why we believe in it. And, and coaching and mentoring for me was really important to have those people to hold me accountable to the things that I was going to, to say and do. But then equally, you learn the same set of skills to bring it into your own world. I think that's what you need. You need almost that coaching to get you going and then you can pick it up and run with it. So for example, exactly that, I'll say to people, right, I'm going to post every day on Facebook. There's no one really knocking on my door saying, have you posted? But I know that I've said that out loud. Therefore, that holds me accountable. I just did the same on LinkedIn. I said, right, for the month of Sep, I'm going to try and post on there every day. I haven't posted on LinkedIn for six or seven years. No one's really watching, but they sort of are. And in my mind, they are. So I'm like, right, I'm bloody well going to do it. Even if it's a quick post you know for september i've probably missed you know one day one working day out set which is not bad you know these tools these techniques it is simple but it's hard but accountability is key whether you get that through a coach or whether again you use some of the learning and understanding to create scenarios that hold you personally accountable it's such a powerful powerful concept it's so simple but like i say it's not not easy yeah and, and i think this is the, it goes back to the 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 big challenge in business and and in corporate and you worked in in uh, big businesses as well that this this link between how do you get the strategy the vision of the organization how how do you make sure that that is cascaded well to everybody so everybody does know exactly what my role is in the overall strategy on the basis that most people do I believe turn up to work to do a good job. You know, a few people, few people wake up in the morning and think, "Well, I don't want to do a particularly good job today." Most people do, but you know, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that and that cascade. But also, then, how do you, how do you help? Performance management is, you know, it's got a really bad connotation because for so many years, and I, I was definitely at the end of it and I was an HR director. So I, you know, I, I implemented very similar kind of um, processes, which is annual reviews or half annual reviews with a set of objectives, which frankly are obsolete after, you know, three or four weeks. So how do you get this performance linked to engagement, linked to your strategies is really the thing that we're trying to kind of 
wrestle with in at Black Arbor. What's your thoughts on that, Andy? What's, what's your thoughts in that kind of performance in the workplace? Yeah, mine was always very much right at the front end, you know, I think where I did all my work, which was, again, going back to Anthony Robbins, it's all self-development, really, and modelling elite performance. What can you learn from it? It's so, again, you've got that high strategy and you've got the vision, but ultimately it comes down to actions, everyday actions, doesn't it? What are people doing on the front line that's going to drive that vision so my work would always be done right at the front end you know in terms of let's just take broken for example it's quite a structured thing you can look at someone who's really really good at broking through that modeling lens of anthony robbins one of the greatest i guess coaches uh, on the planet lots of people would be familiar with him and actually look at what they're doing what is the sort of language that they're using how many phone calls are they making like what is their structure of the phone calls, how do they start a phone call? How do they end a phone call? And really try and get into that granular space of here is what expert looks like. Here is what excellent looks like. It's a step-by-step process. Follow it, make it your own. But why, you know, try and fix something that's not broken? You can learn from these people. I think a lot of the problem is though, even with that, is that as mature adults so many people have got quite a fixed mindset and what i mean by that is carol Dweck does beautiful work on this fixed versus growth mindset fixed being we are sort of genetically fixed at at birth almost you know we're either smart or dumb too many adults carry that mentality with them into the workplace whereas growth mindset is it's all bloody learning right everything is feedback it's no such thing as failure you've got to stretch yourself to get things wrong to learn I think too many people have that fixed mindset. So what happens is they turn up in an organization and think, I'm a grown adult, you know, I've got some whatever experience and exams behind me, therefore I should know the answers. And they're too tight and narrow in their thinking to be open to learning in a different way and actually thinking about some tactics that they can employ and looking at the person next to them that's doing really well and actually trying to break down what it is that they're being successful at. And they're trying to go it alone and they're not open enough to these ideas and I think that's a big part of it is actually helping those on the ground the boots on the ground really adopt that growth mindset and a lot of this is personal development and then once they're in that space they're a bit open-minded it's like right here's what someone's doing that's achieving incredible results what could you learn from that how could you mirror that how could you make that your own and I tried to do that through broken and we became incredibly successful by doing that so we took what was I guess an excellent example myself not blowing my own trumpet but that was someone that had come through to perform in that way what do I do mirror that and make it your own and then really step-by-step process how does that look like get it really granular and then allow them to take that and this comes back to what we've spoken about everyday actions before it literally is a it becomes a a tick a check box exercise of have you done that like you won't believe you know the frustration around this the checkbox might say phone 10 clients client one two three four five six seven eight nine ten that's what the expert person does so many people cannot do that they'll struggle with that when you actually get it into that granular place and i think that's the great thing about doing that then you can work and say right what are your barriers to doing those things because if you don't actually have those conversations how do you know They'll just ignore it. They'll never make those phone calls. And you'll be frustrated going, why haven't you made done any business? Well, I didn't phone anyone. Whereas when you can see it, then you can get in there and go, what are your barriers? Actually, my barrier is in my mind because I think he doesn't want to talk to me or she doesn't want to talk to me. But have you got any evidence for that? No. You can overcome it. Make the phone calls. So all of my works, a bit of a long answer, really is done right boots on ground. How do we get people doing the things they're supposed to do and get over the mental blocks to allow them to do it? And then it gets easy after that. It resonates so much. I. I... 
I'm always kind of, we're, we're working with clients and people want, you know, they want a above average, average results. They want to, to exceed whatever those results are. But I'm not always convinced that they want to do the work. You know, I'm not always convinced that they really want to do that. You know, there's this whole connotation, which is they want the above average, you know, in sales is a classic example, above average incomes, but just not prepared to do the above average tasks, which are actually normally pretty simplistic. And in my experience, the best salespeople I've ever worked with, they're, they're normally fairly introverted. They're normally pretty you know, they're not, they're not the stereotypical kind of gregarious individual. What they are is brilliant at the basics, at just doing the hard yards, doing the hard work time after time after time, rather than, you know, kind of strutting around the office as, you know, proud as peacocks and trying to show off. Literally the opposite to that, actually very unassuming people who just get on and do the, do the, the tough work really, because it's the hard work, which is the, the small everyday actions, right? Yeah, and this is it. You can't get the elite results without the consistent hard work. No one skips that. It might look like they're skipping it, and that's to the untrained eye fall into that trap of going, oh, they've got it easy. They just know someone, or they've got that type of personality that makes it easy for them. No, they don't. Look underneath any expert performer at anything, you'll see nothing but hard graft. It's like Let's take football for an example. A lot of people can identify that. You might look at a David Beckham at his height and go, oh, it's easy for Bex, right? The commentators would say things like, was born to play football. No, he wasn't. It's a sort of skinny kid from, you know, East London. He works harder or worked harder than anyone else. He would be the last person off the training ground hitting free kick after free kick after free kick. All the young kids have gone home. All the elite professionals have gone home. He's still out there hitting that free kick. So then he walks out there on a Saturday and he bends it like Beckham and it goes in top corner. Everyone goes, that's amazing. He's so talented. You know, he's born to play football. He drilled that skill for years and years and years. And that's the thing that goes unnoticed by so many people. But when you start to see it, whether it be in sport or a business, it actually gets a bit easier because you're like, oh, I get it now. That's what I've got to do. And the people that are successful are showing up and they're training longer than harder than everyone else. Then they look like it's easy. They're closing the deals for fun. And you're like... Wow, they were born to be a salesperson. No, they weren't. They were doing the graph that sits underneath. That's the important bit. Yeah, it's, it, and it's just so true. And you see it all the time. It, and I suppose it's that. It, and then who is anybody to say what you should be doing? It's it's more if you really do want to achieve what you want to achieve, you've also got to take into consideration there is a there is some hard work that's going to, you know, there's no, there's no silver bullet. You and I have talked about this before, you know, we're, we're, av- you know, we're, we're both avid readers, you know, and I do laugh at myself sometimes. It's like, well, this is the, gonna, this is going to be the book, you know, there's inevitably I've listened to a podcast and inevitably I've, you know, ordered the latest book from Amazon and I'm off reading it or I'm halfway through and thinking, well, I kind of know some of this stuff anyway. So, but, but I can't help myself, you know, I, mean, I, I just, I will always be in that cycle. But there, there is this thing, which is there is a silver bullet. Of course, there's not. There's no such a thing, is there? There's, it's, it's all hard work and it's all, and that unfortunately doesn't sound very glamorous, does it? Because of course, what we all want is the, Andy, just tell us which book to read and then that will sort my life out. And you go, well, 
that would be great because once we find it, do share it. <laughs> yeah, let, let me know. There's not such a thing, right? I can get rid of all the others and just, <laughs> yeah. just have that one. But no, if, if there is such a thing as a silver billet, it is consistency. I know it's it's it's, it's so bloody simple. It is. If you show up and whatever it is, and you and I have spoke about this many, many times before, whether that is bending it like, you know, practicing your free kicks or whether it's making your sales calls, whether it's posting on LinkedIn or whatever it is, that for me, if there ever was a silver bullet, because most people don't do it because they want just a quick result, the end result, and they don't want to do those hard yards. So that for me has been such an insight that I know if I want to achieve something, the number one thing I've got to be with that thing is consistent. And if I can build that and then I've got half a chance. But if it's inconsistent, I've got almost no chance. And I'll tell you what's interesting. You got me thinking on that. I've been listening to quite a few podcasts recently and, um, and I listened to one. And um, Lisa, is it Lisa Benu, I think her name is? Um, and, and she was on um, one of the podcasts. And, and, and she talked about the no BS kind of test which I thought was brilliant, really, which is exactly what you've just said, which is depending on whatever goal you want to go for, are you being really honest with yourself about the steps that are required and are you prepared to take those steps? Because, of course, what we all do is we say, oh, yeah, I definitely want that goal. I want to, you know, I want to get fitter. I want to get healthier. I want to be the, the, the top of the tree in whatever my profession is. But are you actually being honest with yourself about the steps that you're going to take? Because it because the hard work really is hard work. And are you really prepared to take those actions? And she goes through a process of actually saying, well, what would actually happen? And she called it, she, they were talking about, it was like a, a Wednesday. Uh, so on a Wednesday, if I was to, to be living my life by these you know, challenges, I've said, what would I be doing? And what would that look like? Not on a Monday morning when I'm full of, kind of beans but on a Wednesday and it's you know it's raining outside am I actually going to do those actions and it's a really good way of kind of testing yourself are you really willing to take the actions are you really willing to do the work because actually if you're not then that's okay too because then who's anybody to say what you should be doing it's just more of a you know it's just more of a um, a reality check to yourself and if you're not prepared to do it then good good luck to you just crack on it doesn't matter it's like no one you know, who is anybody to judge you for not doing it but are you really being honest with yourself because when it gets a little bit tricky and it gets a bit tough which i'm sure there's mornings i can't believe and you are the happiest man in the world on facebook i've listened to so many of your lives but i'm also thinking to myself i bet you there's mornings he lies in in his bed at five o'clock and thinks Oh, I wouldn't mind another couple of hours and a cup of tea at seven o'clock. But no. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to force no, myself out <laughs> and on it. But but it's so true. And, and again, this is that, that the trap that people fall into. A great discovery is finding out that the goal you thought you wanted to achieve is actually not the goal you wanted to achieve. And you can often only figure that out by showing up and getting consistent. Either that sort of a test sounds really good. It's a mental exercise to figure it out or doing it in the real world. And it might be that actually... When it's Tuesday morning, it's freezing cold and it's lashing down. You don't want to do your five miles or whatever it is that you need to do to stay on track to run your marathon. But that might be a great discovery, right? Because then instead of you carrying that goal with you forever going, oh, I'd love to run a marathon. I'd love to run a marathon. If you do the work towards it consistently and you go, actually, I don't want to run a marathon. That's a brilliant discovery, right? Because you can drop that goal that's going to haunt you going, you need to run a marathon, you need to marathon. Actually, I don't want to run a marathon. I'll do a 10K, happy with that. It's the same in business. 
you know, all of these things, you've got to get in there and get consistent to have a look at it and feel it in your body and be willing and big enough to go, actually, that goal that I thought was my goal, actually, it's not my goal. That goal to achieve this certain level of career success, what does that mean? Actually, that means I'm not going to see my family. That means I've got to put in all these extra late nights and hard work. Is it worth it? Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. You know, my relationships are way more important than that extra amount of cash or whatever it is. That's a great, that's an empowered discovery rather than thinking forever, oh, if only I did that and then we might have some more money and we can do this thing. It's not until you get into the weeds of it and it all comes back to that same thing, that getting in there consistency and then you can have a look at it. Great, great discovery to figure out the goal that you no longer want to achieve. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. I think I think that's, you know, it's a, it's something that most people don't reflect upon. It's it's then, you know, even worse, isn't it? It's kind of beating yourself up that you're not going to then, you're not either A, going to enjoy the process and you're not going to enjoy the outcome. It's like, well, <laughs> not being funny, but why would you bother? Lose, lose. <laughs> but it's, it, it, but then those are the, the, the stories that people tell themselves, right? Which is, well, I've always wanted to do that. But did you? Did you really want it? Or was it just something, as you say, that actually you just need to change direction and that's okay it's absolutely okay to do that it's just it's a brilliant discovery term look I'm, I'm i'm aware of time we could talk and you know we could for our literally hours tell us a bit about the uh the the, the new app then because a couple of days from from launch i've seen it all over social social media tell us a bit more about it and what's going on with it yeah so the dry app with two eyes um, it's really a hub of the alcohol-free community in many ways. It's a free app and that was really important to me. There is a space for dry executives as well, which is really interesting. So we've got this big mission around the app. Uh, we call it mission one, two, three. That is that one in two people will choose dry by 2033, so 10 years time. So if you boil that down to the UK, it's about 75% of the population currently drink at the moment. It's big numbers. So rather than be completely overwhelmed by all these squillions of people, Really simple, one in two people by 2033 is the big dry mission. Um, and choosing dry, just to be really clear about what that means is, that could be that you're 100% dry like me, you know, eight, nine years ago, I stopped drinking. It could be that you take tactical breaks. I think lots of people do that in the executive space, be really skillful about when they don't drink, or mostly dry. Those people that see alcohol-free as a fundamental part of their healthy lifestyle, their performance lifestyle, but might on occasions decide to have a drink for whatever reason. That's their choice, not my choice. That's their choice. So we bring all of those three different types of groups within the space together. And the idea is that we're going to be Archimedes' lever that changes the world a little bit. So really, it's just an excuse to get together. It's going to be online and loads of offline events as well, all over the globe, all around the UK, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, New York, as well as the online community that comes together. So we're really excited. And having been in this space for eight years or so now, uh, this is another venture that I'm involved in, really, that has always got the same aim to transform the world's relationship with alcohol. Because I know in doing that, it transforms people's health, their lives and other people's lives. It's a pretty cool thing to be associated with. So yeah, if you are listening, do check out the Dry app. Amazing. And then finally, um, we like to finish the uh, the podcast on advice from the guests really what's the what's the best piece of advice or 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 bits of advice that either a that actually um that you've either given that you that and then it's kind of transformed people's lives and or that you've you received yourself andy what what would you be able to share with the with the audience yeah what springs to mind is a seneca 
quote, and I love Seneca. He's uh, an ancient Stoic philosopher from 2,000 years ago. He's brilliant. That's a great bit of advice. Read some Seneca. It's genius. It's more powerful today than it was 2,000 years ago. What it shows me is that whilst we've come so far materially and technologically, that actually we've come nowhere in our minds. So Seneca's brilliant, but he has a lovely quote. Um, it's not that we don't have enough time, it's that we waste so much of it. It's not that we don't have enough time, it's just that we waste so much of it. I was wasting time, so much of it for years on drinking and the after effects of that and actually in stopping, got that time back. It's that asset that's so precious to us all. So I think it's a real reflection upon time. Are you using your time wisely? Would be my little insight. Brilliant. Okay, and where can everybody contact you if they want to contact you? Best place on LinkedIn now, so I'll be doing a lot more on LinkedIn, Andrew Ramage on LinkedIn, or the website, which is andyramage.com. And you're still doing your Facebook lives every morning? Facebook and Instagram as well, Andy Ramage Official, yeah, every single day, live, actually, apart from Sundays, I'll take tech-free Sundays off, but pretty much every day, live around seven-ish to cheer people on, predominantly on their alcohol-free adventure, but I cover lots of different topics, so yeah, do check that out as well. Amazing. Andy Ravage, thank you so much for being on the People Action Results podcast. Thank you so much for giving up your time. Thank you, Jeremy. Loved it. I really hope that you've enjoyed episode number three of the People Action Results podcast. For more information, please visit blackisleguroup.com and follow us on our LinkedIn page, the People Action Results podcast. This is Jeremy Campbell from the Black Isle Group. Thanks for joining us and I really look forward to catching up next time.